0: You're watching the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network.
1: All right, let's go ahead and kick this thing off. In this episode, we will be discussing a topic that many Christians grapple with that's dating outside their faith and or their race. It's a complex issue with no easy answers, and it can especially be challenging for those seeking to honor God in their relationships. Join us as we dive into this and explore what the Bible says about being unequally yoked, about the cultural factors that impact our relationships and practical tips uh, for making wise decisions in our own dating and uh, marriage lives, right? Uh, so let's get ready for this thought-provoking uh, discussion, and it's time for the cross. Let's go. That like
2: Jesus. Jesus. And all I know is that something something about Jesus. Jesus. So every day I'll be praying out Jesus Why? because I love Can I know. tell you about Jesus? Ooh. The one who
1: died for a sense that Jesus All I know is that there's something, something about, about Jesus.
0: Jesus So every day I'll be praying out for Jesus wow. Because I love the Lord
1: Yo, what's going on, y'all? How y'all
0: doing? Doing good <laughs> <laughs> I had to find a mute button, huh? No
1: <laughs> oh, man Miss Taya, thank you for coming back and joining us Thank you for having
3: me Thank you for
1: having me Yeah yeah, no, it was a pleasure. Our last show uh, on Marriage went so good. I was like, man, we need to go ahead and do, we need to go ahead and just keep this show rolling and do another one. Yeah. My sister going.
3: told me I held it down for the women last time.
1: You did. So you that's, did. Uh, what I'm coming back to do is hold it down for the women again. Okay, so. well, hold on this <laughs> deal. Keep holding it down. Keep holding it down. Real quick, uh, G. Barry, thank you for checking in. We sure do appreciate you. Uh, Let me fix this guy here. There we go. All right. April, thank you for checking in. That song was by Jay Warren. I I tried to type it in the chat, but I didn't see if it came up or not. So, you know, we appreciate you being here. Restoring Broken Women, thank you. Always. Mama, always there for me. The Wilsons in the building is about to be real. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know it. So this one is what uh, Anthony was like. Hey, we need to go ahead and do one on being unequally yoked. So I was like, All right, well let's let's go ahead and do it then. Oh, Oh Ophiel, Oh Ophiel. What's going on? All right, and then Frankie, blessings, blessings back to you, blessings back to you. What's up,
0: Frankie?
1: <laughs> All right, so real quick, y'all, before we get to the show, this is a little unorthodox something that we normally don't do. One, let me just say thank y'all for rocking with us because apparently American Idol come on at the same time. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I didn't even, I Competence didn't I have <laughs> I know I haven't even watched American. I can't even remember the last time I watched American Idol. Jay Warren did, did come up. All right. What's going on, Jess? Thank you for, uh, okay. So I just, it just didn't come up on my end. So appreciate that. She said it did come up. All right. But yeah, um, just wanted to do something real quick. Matter of fact, I need to be doing it myself, but we got some friends of the family, right? And um, uh, their cousin is going to be on American Idol tonight, and so they asked us to vote. So he's out of Hawaii, in Hawaii. Matter of fact, let me cut to this scene real quick. So his name is M. Uh, Tangi, his, his full name is William, but he goes by E.M. Uh, uh I'm not going to play the song because they will copyright strike me because it's American Idol. But the boy is bad. If y'all got some time, go back and check out some of his uh, previous clips on uh, YouTube. But they're asking for us to vote for him because, again, he's in Hawaii, so they're a small island, and he's competing against all of America, right? And so if you can text 12 to the number. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, if you could text 12 to uh, 21523, that would uh, be greatly appreciated to support this brother out as he compete on American Idol. But uh, I I told him I would say that, and I told him that I would uh, make sure I uh, vote as well. So at some point as we get to the show, I think you can vote during the whole show. So we got about a good 30 minutes to an hour to where we can vote. But I did want to say that. Did want to uh, put that out there for VR. Thank you for checking in. We sure do appreciate you. Now let's get back to our regular uh, broadcast, if you will.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, cool. But no, that's pretty interesting that he's able to uh, compete like that, and he's good. You know, I, I'm assuming this must be the finals or close to the finals because they're doing that. They're at the stage where are uh, they tallying up the votes during the show, and then who at the end of the show they win. So uh, that's pretty interesting. That's cool. Maybe he'll be like the next. Uh, I can't even think of the girl name. Fantasia. That's the. That's how long it's been since I watched right. American Idol. <laughs> that's wow. I don't know if Fantasia
0: went. Won? Did she? Play? I don't know. I don't know. If
3: she, I,
1: won. she. I don't think she won, but she had an awesome career afterwards. So, she did have an awesome career afterwards. So, yeah, but VR, thank you for checking in. Uh, Sean, thank you for checking in as well. She's saying what's up to uh, Anthony and wifey. uh, Tyre. Yeah, what's up,
0: (laughs) Sean? All right.
1: So, matter of fact, my sister's actually about to get ready to get married in July. So... I guess these shows is oh April said Fantasia did well. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. I, I know I know this the song she sung was powerful on that I still remember it. I mean I can't even remember what year it was, but I still remember that song. I think it's that When You Believe song she did. But yeah, no. But yeah, uh again like I said last time we talked about um uh, marriage, Right. And we uh, this week, we want to keep that train rolling and talk about being unequally yoked. And then I figured since I am in a interracial a, in a relationship, I'll just throw on in there. Uh, it's being in an interracial relationship of sin as well, mainly because a lot of times people try to use the unequally yoked to tie it to that. You know, And so mm-hmm. we're going to um, kind of break down what that talks about. Um, I'm interested to hear Anthony entire thoughts because this again this was a suggestion that we do from Anthony. So I'm assuming you got some points you wanna you wanna make on this topic. <clears throat> so so I'm uh, I'm interested to uh, to hear it. But first, before we do that, let's go ahead and hop into our devotional because our devotional will be a good segue into the topic. Uh, so that way we can just lean right into the devotional and the questions. And then from there, we'll uh, uh, there's a couple other videos I want to react to a little bit later on as well. So let's just go ahead and do it. Hey, how y'all doing today? I want to discuss Second Corinthians chapter six, verses fourteen through eighteen, with you. It's a passage that offers invaluable guidance on choosing our companions wisely and living a life that honors our heavenly Father. And in the next few minutes, we will explore the profound wisdom found in these verses and discover how they can shape our relationship, our decisions, and ultimately our walk with Christ. So, grab your Bibles, open your hearts, and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter six. We're gonna be in verse fourteen in the New Living Translation, and it says the following: "Don't, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can unrighteousness? Oh, excuse me. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness?" How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. All right, now, the context of this scripture is that the Apostle Paul is writing to the Corinthians, encouraging them to live lives as dedicated followers of Christ, right? He advised them not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's often preached something like this. Imagine you have two oxen and you want them to work together to plow a field. One of the oxen is strong, healthy, and knows uh, the way. The other oxen is weak or stubborn and constantly going in a different direction. Do you think they can effectively work together? Probably not. Now, let's bring this concept into our modern day lives. Imagine you playing on a sports team. You need everyone on your team to be focused, committed, and working towards the same goal. That's key, working towards the same goal. But what if one of the teammates have a different agenda they're not pulling their effort they're not supporting the team it creates this harmony and it makes it harder to achieve success this principle of being unequally yoked can also be applied to various aspects of our lives when it comes to dating and seeking a lifelong partner it is wise to consider someone who shares your faith and values that does not mean we should only be friends with or marry people who are exactly like us It's about finding someone who shares your commitment to God, your purpose, and your desire to honor him in all you do. Now let's take a moment to reflect on how this principle aligns with like Old Testament scriptures. In Leviticus 19, verse 19, and Deuteronomy 22, 10, they both speak on not mixing um, different kinds of animals or fabrics. These instructions were meant to teach the Israelites about maintaining purity and avoiding compromise. In the same way, the principles in 2 Corinthians encourage us to uphold our spiritual integrity and not compromise our faith by mixing with people who don't believe the way that we believe now whether it's dating marriage doing business or any decisions we make being yoked with unbelievers can lead us away from honoring god as christians we carry the presence of god within us through the holy spirit it is essential that we surround ourselves with people who will support and uplift our faith journey rather than hinder it so my friends Let's remember the wisdom in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's choose our companions wisely. Align ourselves with those who share our faith and share our values and strive to honor God in all areas of our lives. By doing so, we can experience the blessings and fulfillments that come from walking in unity with our Heavenly Father. Hey, how y'all? All right. So there it is. We hopping right into it. That's the unequally yoked passage. Uh, what's your thoughts, Anthony, Ty? What y'all, what's your y'all thoughts on that passage? Oh.
0: Right. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'll go. I can go first. I mean, it's one of those passages that we've kind of taught on. Yes. For I mean. for years, you know, for years we've had this conversation, you know, and always kind of wrestled with what does it actually mean. I think uh, just straightforward, we're talking about unbelievers and believers, but I feel like people have expanded that to. Like you said about the oxen, that even if it's a believer, if they're not strong, you know, they're going to make life difficult for you. And you got to be with somebody who's on your level, right? You know, as far as spiritually and reading the Bible as much as you and hungry for God as much as you and, you know, those type of things. And I think there is some truth to that. I don't know that that's what the passage is talking about, but I think there's, there's some truth to that, that. You're supposed to be, um, you know, growing together, pursuing God together, you know, better together for the Lord than you would be apart. Um, but I don't think that means you got the right to divorce that person because they're not on your level. You know, I think that's where it gets weird. Like, oh, well, they weren't on my level, so I had to move on. The Lord told me to leave that relationship. Right. I That's the stuff that I've heard over the years. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Because I don't see that in scripture. So that's my initial reaction.
3: Mm-hmm. I diddle that piece is meaning that um initially it's 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 about the doctrinal belief, right? The the scripture itself. Don't be uh unequally yoked with someone who doesn't believe the same as you believe. And so sticking with it to be that that very uh strict way with it. Um, because even if I say even as believers, it can be difficult for a Methodist to be with a uh, charismatic. Right. <laughs> it can be difficult for a Pentecostal to be with a Catholic. So so doctrinally being the same and um, because it leaves the door open for a lot of things to happen and to take place. And it put a lot of strain. And I think it being said from the point of knowing how men are in the sense of human that you can handle that a lot and so it's very rare, rare that uh, a couple can make it through those particular issues
1: yeah yeah no I would agree so it's already rare that couples make it through who, who <laughs> believe the right. same let alone right. throw in the mix somebody you don't. Uh, YW good evening thank you for checking in thank hey, you appreciate. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's de- it's definitely hard. And Anthony, you took it to another direction real quick. Before I I I wasn't even I wasn't even considering that some people would try to say, hey, they're not on my level, and so I don't I'm not gonna be with them no more. But that is definitely a poor excuse to divorce somebody <laughs> if, if that's yeah. what you're going with. Matter of fact, you know, and, and I'm sure we're gonna get into it later on tonight. But there's scriptures that even say even if you're with a non-believer and they want to be with you you know, your relationship with Christ may be the very well thing that brings them to Christ. You know, so you're to stay with them and you're to make it work and you're supposed to be that example. Uh, Matter of fact, I personally think that uh, when we're in a relationship with a believer who's not as strong as as we are, then uh, are not even even as dedicated or or maybe not as far in their walk with Christ, I think um, it gives us an opportunity to show grace to that person it give us opportunity to understand the kind of grace that God extends to us. Cause none of us meet God's standard, you know, Ezra, Joy, Squinn, thank y'all for checking in. But, um, okay. but yeah, so, so, so yeah, so that's definitely a poor excuse yeah. there. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is, um, is g- going back on uh tire's definition of, uh, the doctrinal beliefs, right? And, um having having those two uh, to, uh, being with somebody who doesn't believe who's not a believer and again ty you even took it to where like I don't even think about non-denominational versus Catholic or or yeah. whatever because yes, that can definitely get hard too so let's <laughs> let's let's get to the question the the way it was written was is it a sin so let's start there do you all think it's a sin to marry or even date let's even say date because if we're if if we're a believer and we're following Christ, and we're dating. You, I would assume that you're dating to for marriage, right, and for a future partner. So, um, do you think it's a sin to be with somebody who's a non-believer?
0: Hmm. I'll
3: answer, and then you can come back and mm-hmm. clean up after, mm-hmm. me, clean up. Clean up after <laughs> me. Clean
0: up, clean up after, clean up on all three. Um, <laughs>
3: so, that, to answer that question, I'm gonna look at it in a couple different ways. To think about it is not a sin. And I say to think about it because, you know, just to consider, okay, should I date this person or should I not date this person? You know, whether they be a different belief than me, a different uh, denomination or whatever the case may be. um, I think to think about it is not a sin. I think to, um, to, to date them is opening the door for sin to come in. Because they can influence you to do different things than what God says. So it in itself is not a sin, but it opens you up to different trials and tests um, in that regard. Now, I, I consider the same thing with in marrying someone who's a different belief than you. You're still opening that door because that's the whole point of the influence. When I think about the Old Testament of when God originally began to say, do not be yoked up with someone I think about uh, him telling the Israelites not to be with the Moabites him telling the Israelites not to engage with the other cultures there is because they were worshiping and practicing other things which allowed for idolatry to come into the heart of those that are supposed to be his and so I think it allows for sin to come into your life which is the dangerous piece it doesn't necessarily mean that you start sinning just by doing this
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think, you know, I I would I would agree, Uh, because sometimes you you have already married a person. um, uh, And if you've already married a person and you you alluded to this already, and we'll probably read that scripture in a little bit, you've already married a person who is an unbeliever. The Bible is clear that if they want to stay, you stay. So if it was a sin, then God just condemned you. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. God just condemned you. And so I don't believe it's a sin, but I do believe, as the scripture says, that all things are lawful, but not everything is beneficial. I think it makes it difficult. And I think this was that's what this passage um, is talking about in uh, uh, Second Corinthians. uh, Or is that? Yeah. Second Corinthians Mm -hmm. chapter six is that. How difficult it is to do this, and that you are setting yourself up for a lot of extra strain, you know. Um, but if it was a sin, and the Lord says, Well, you got to stay, if they're willing to stay, then He would be condemning you to be in sin, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense, but I, I don't know that I see it that way, me personally. I so one. Let's let me uh, see if I can go to the to the passage real quick. All right, so so one, um, I mean it's giving a warning, right? It's saying, hey, don't mm-hmm. team up with those who are unbelievers. And let me, I'm uh, not sure why that's even showing, but give me a second. All right, there we go. All right, <laughs> yeah. there we go. All right, so it says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? And then Tyre brought up a good point in the Old Testament. God Himself told the Israelites, people who belong to Him, don't uh, marry or don't intermingle with the people who basically worshiping other gods, because it eventually leads them to worship other gods. So if God gave it a commandment, and then you go against doing it, to me, you you go against His commandment and you do it. To me, you know that that is a sin. Right now, it may not be like a like. And in this case, this is coming from Paul uh, to the Corinthians, but he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, and then there's Old Testament precedents, right, as well. And so, to me, I feel like as a Christian, before you get married, if you're single and you and you devote your life to God, then to me, to just ignore that advice, if we want to call it advice, if if commandment is too strong, to just ignore that is, is to willfully. Team up with somebody because God said you can only serve two masters, right? So if I know that this person is not serving God, and I still decide to go marry them, to me, I think I'm choosing to sin, right? Am I now? If I like now, in case of me and my wife, like well, man, my wife got married. I, I wasn't following God. Now, say I got saved and then she didn't. Now I think we're in that predicament, right? To where I'm a believer. Who's married to a non-believer, you know, and and if in order for me to divorce her, I will have in order for me to fix that, I will have to commit sin to do that. So now I think that's why if you find yourself in that situation, no, you don't get a divorce. Now you got to make you got to you got to you got to live out that situation, and I'll try to pull up the uh, the scripture so that way we can show it to everybody. But that's just kind of I mean, and and again, it's just us talking. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. there is no thou shall not kind of thing, but I do think think
3: that's important to say, though, Rico, because I think you looking at it in a couple of different ways, you know, um, you know, like you said, a command versus what Paul is saying to advise to help you to be stronger in your walk as a Christian. Right. Uh, Because we certainly know that the, the, the spouse in itself is very influential. And a key part of your life, right? And and so when your spouse and God are not aligned, it can cause for a very difficult um, walk. And I think you have to look at it in that way because to say it, he 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 originally said it to the Israelites. If I look at it that way, I'm not an Israelite, right? right. And so I can't say that then that part applies to me because i wasn't israelite in the land i'm not going into the promised land i'm not dealing with those people that were worshiping in that regard i am a christian to which grace is extended right um in, in, in that component and so i have to understand that what paul is saying is to help keep me aligned that i can have a stronger walk so absolutely this is the advisement if i choose not to then i have to understand that that piece right there is going to be a difficult component to walk in. And I have to understand that. I know when we sit with couples that are, and we do, are not on the same page, it is usually not a favorable result in the end because they can't work it out. One of the things that we start with is okay, who is your child? Who is your child? How are you going to bring your child up? Are you going to bring your child up as a Christian or as a Muslim? Are you going to bring your child up as an atheist or as a Catholic? What are you raising your child when you bring them into this marriage? And then the other piece is, even if they are believers, they're both Christians, what church are you going to go to when you have a child? What church are you attending? So there's a lot of different things that come into that piece that that is brought up. Um, And so when I say doctrine, that's the key component to help because um, essentially, A spouse is helping you a wife anyway helps you to be better if we have different doctrinal beliefs how can I help you
0: yeah and I would I would add that I think you make a good point Rico about willfully marrying somebody knowing that they don't believe what you believe Um, I think you can make an argument for that being a sin Um, but I think also A lot of people, the person, you know, pretends that they believe they will act as if they'll start going to church just because their girl is going or their boyfriend is going, you know, and, and then they'll, you know, they'll get married. And that person will, well, you find out that they weren't really a believer, you know, did you sin, you know, you didn't know. I think that's different than what you were stating. And I think you made a good point when it's willfully what, where you're like, well, I know this person I didn't care nothing about God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have totally different beliefs and I'm going to marry them anyway, mm-hmm. you know, for quote unquote love. Uh, yeah, I think, th- I think there there might be a case to argue for that. You know, I don't think I have any scripture to say point blank that this is a sin. What I see Paul saying is that, this, this doesn't make sense. It's not a good decision, you know, and I believe you know, that's why I say it that way, because on the flip side of it, like you said, if it's truly a sin, then you would have to sin again to, to make it right, as you as you said, I mean, why would God want you to do that?
1: Yeah, so and again, yeah, in the case where you're tricked or in the case where you,
0: it, it, you know, again. Yeah.
1: To, so to me, though, I think, you know, as a Christian, right, so I, I'm a Christian, and um, I say I serve God. God's the most important thing to me. I love him. You know, he's my savior, the whole nine. And then I I meet this person, let's say a female. You know, I meet this female, and she's um, Muslim, or she's an atheist, or, or whatever the case may be. And um, now I know as a Christian what a biblical marriage says. And I know how I'm supposed to lead my household. And now I'm going to willfully choose to come be with somebody who don't agree with yeah. that. You know, yeah, um, not only that, it says, um, you know, all things we do, we do as unto the Lord. Right. So, so, so to me, I think to willfully do that at the very minimum, it's not wise, but, at the, but I think you're, you're on the borderline of just basically saying, God, I know what you say is right, right. for me, but I'm yeah. not going to do that. I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I think whether it's a sin or not, is definitely a recipe for a disaster.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, was, I would yes, agree.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: but
3: I think there, are, there are those uh, churches like the the church, uh, I think it's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, required uh, a convert, you know, in order to marry that. If that person is a member of their church, you have to convert prior to marriage. I think Islam may do the same thing as well so there are certain religions that actually require that peace as opposed to um the advisement as you said that yeah. policy and, yeah,
1: you and you gotta, i can tell you that speaks to their commitment to to whatever god they believe in yeah
2: like i was
1: telling my wife i was telling my wife uh with the mother god people i, I can't remember the name of their church but like Like every time we go to Walmart, it's not safe. I was like, we we go to Walmart. Like, are we gonna run into them today? I was like, you know, you gotta commend their ability to get out and
0: their willingness uh, to get out there, get
1: out there and share the gospel and stuff. You know, um, like I don't go to Walmart fearful I'm gonna see a non-denominational Christian sharing the gospel. But so so that does speak to their loyalty. And then so then it comes back to us is like if if our loyalty is truly to to jesus as our lord and savior and he directs our path and he directs our life and then we willfully choose somebody who just who who don't love him then you know i me personally i i well i know it would be a sin for me because i think it's a sin so so if you True. if you think it's a True. sin and you do it then you're sinning uh but you're here sin. what here was interesting i want to share this with y'all real quick because we talked about how the other one
0: wasn't was a,
1: wasn't a we got commandment.
0: A, we, got a of, we got a couple of comments. People are starting to comment. Okay, so I'm going to bring
1: them in. I'm going to bring them up. I'm going to bring them up. <laughs> but I want to share this real quick. Look at what, look, look what Paul says here. He says, now I will speak to the rest of you, though I do not have a direct command from the Lord. So he make it clear that this is not coming. Well, he don't have a direct command from the Lord.
0: Direct command, yeah. Right.
1: But he says, if a fellow believer has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to continue living with him, he must not leave her. So so here we talked about how the other one was like an advisement, but he took the time to even highlight that what he's about to say next wasn't a direct command. However, they should still do this, and we all agree that they should do that. So I just thought that was kind of interesting as we were talking right. about the difference between this passage and the other passage in Corinthians. But yeah, right. that's the... Uh, Let's pull up some of these comments real quick. So April said, I started talking to a guy that once I told him I couldn't hang out with him until later because I had to go to church, and he ended up removing himself from my life. Amen. You know, it might have hurt at the time. but (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. It might have hurt at the time, but, you know, he showed you his his true colors. And maybe it wasn't him who removed Maybe God removed him you know but 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 that's but that's what I'm saying like this person who who don't believe in god was like no I'm not dealing with somebody who believe in god M- more so a christian should feel that way you know uh restored broken women says there are consequences to your decisions so you may have to go through some things because of your decision right yeah that's
0: right. true that's true <laughs> i mean facts. As they say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, hey right?
1: yeah, so right. so speaking of that, let's talk about some of the common matter of fact, before we do that, let's let me show this video. Here's a uh oh he says cults tend to restrict marriage to stay within members.
3: hmm hmm Yep, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's true today.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean and and they and cults do that, but I think it's interesting that people who are following the enemy are strict and and willing to stick to what they believe and, you know, and, but you
0: know, but you know why Rico? Because a lot of those people use fear as a method to control people. And so when you give people freedom, like you said, that if it's a sin to you, then it's a sin because I love that you said that because that's what scripture says. Yeah, is that if you if, if 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 you if Rico says this is a sin to me, then I'm not going to try to convince you that it's not. Right. Because yeah. I will. I don't want you to go against your own conscience. You know, yeah. when you're like, look, th- I I don't think this is right. You know, and I can go something as simple as you know music. You know, I may say, man, I can't listen to R and B. Somebody else next to me says they can. Yeah. It's not my right to say, well, you better not do this. Or they say, well, you better stop being so religious and, and listen to some R&B. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it doesn't make any sense for us to try to force each other to think the other, other person's way. It's you know,
3: what's your temptation, right? If you yeah. know that this piece is going to lead you astray from God, then that in itself is allowing sin to come into your life. And so you you want to remove those pieces that are... Going to lead
1: you into that path. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's a good point, too, because um, I believe from reading scripture that the Bible does not, drink, like drinking alcohol is not a sin from what I read in scripture. However, for some yeah. people, it is. For some people, they cannot control themselves. They They're going to get drunk. Drink. They, can't, they have can't have one drink, have drink one or they drink. get drunk. And <laughs> for some people, it is. But, but for that person who can't have that one drink to tell others it's a sin, I, yeah. think they, I think they walk on a very dangerous line because yeah. because one, Jesus turned water to wine. So are you saying Jesus inhibited
0: other right. people to sin? Enabler. <laughs>
1: you know, was he an enabler? Or you know, True. there's proverbs and psalms that um, there's one um where it talks about how you can enjoy the um, enjoy um, I can't think of the word, but you can enjoy the effects that alcohol has. Right? Obviously, not to the point of being drunk to be sober-minded but the but the point is is that just as much as like you said uh, if it's a sin for you be careful with calling what God said is good a sin right you know because because you can't do it kind of thing right. and so yeah. uh, no that's that's an interesting point but um, let's talk about um, some of the common issues you know that people may face if they do decide to get into uh, a relationship with somebody, and not even just marriage, because we got to think too. What about business partners? If I go in business with a guy who just don't believe in God, we may eventually come to a point where he's willing to do some things that my spirit not gonna allow me to do, right? And so, it's, I don't think I don't think this is just just marriage. But if we want to keep on the thread of marriage, what do you think some of the common issues that people face with this? You- so that way we can warn anybody who's watching.
3: Let me um throw a couple out there. All right. One is the concept of tithing, right? Okay. Uh, if, if you have a believer that uh, if you have a spouse that doesn't believe in the same doctrine that you do, then tithing, that concept becomes a, a, a disagreeable point between you. And um, so that's also also another piece is I think we've commonly heard it doesn't take you that much time to be at the church. You always at the church. Why you got to be there for everything Um, that's that's so, you know, attending, like if I attend Bible study and service and I'm serving, it doesn't take all that. So the time commitment is a piece. Um, Another piece that comes up is when your spouse doesn't believe what you believe and you quote scripture, they feel that you're throwing the Bible at them and judging them. Um, So that's another uh, concept or a piece that comes up uh, quite often. You are judging me. And, and then it comes back harsh. And so there's an argument that takes place when that happens. Um, so that's just a few that I know off the top of my head.
0: <laughs> what I'll also say in parenting, you yes. know, when you go to discipline your children or that what you're going to teach them, you know, uh, that's a big one that can create some some big time, you know, fallout because you're like, well, uh, we want our children to learn this. And like, well, I don't want them to learn that. I don't, I don't want you forcing your religion down their throat, you know, that kind of thing. I want them to figure it out on their own mm-hmm. and come to their own conclusion, you yes. know, which is, you know, against, it totally opposes what you believe as a parent, that you're supposed to be training up your child in the way that they should go you should yep. be teaching them and admonishing them in the ways of godliness, and te- you know? And so teaching them to love the Lord, their God with all their heart. And so you doing that becomes a, a point of tension, yes. you know, it could be a major problem. Um, Among many,
3: fasting becomes an issue Um, If you choose to fast, why are you doing that? You don't need to do that Even sometimes praying can become If they don't believe in the Lord the way you do Or believe what you believe That he's not listening He he don't care He's not answering um, uh, I don't understand why you're doing that Basically the points of not understanding each other Become uh, points of contention between uh, the
0: couple
1: yeah, no. Hey, Ku. Thank you for checking in. What's yeah, up, Kenji? I, yeah. Uh. I mean, so many points, and and I some of the things y'all brought up, I can tell you. And I guess this goes back to Anthony's uh initial comments of not even just dealing with the unbelievers, but just being at different points in your walk with Christ or your interpretation of certain things. So, yeah. like, for, like, for example, when you brought up tithing, my ears perked up because, you know, my view on tithing is different than a lot of Christians' view on tithing, right? Um, and, you know, uh, so that's one thing. Um, another thing, too, or when you talk about, like, different um, places, you know, when it came to Halloween, me and my wife actually disagreed.
0: Ah, uh, that's handle, a good on
1: uh, how, how to that's handle easy. Halloween, right? It's um, a good one. And so then, then your kids are watching, and you, who makes the decision? But not only that, we talked about women uh, being a helper or submitted to their husband. Right, so are you gonna are you gonna submit to somebody who you think worshiping a false god? Are you gonna submit to somebody who's uh don't believe in, in, in God? And then you know, so then you got a question: what what are you submitting to? Um, me and my wife also in a position where we we need um, we I'm I'm gonna try to say this without giving up too much of our business, but we we found ourselves in a situation where we need to get counseling wise counsel for our our kids and now thankfully we agreed on this is that we want Christian Christian counsel because we're living in a time now where I believe there's an agenda push I'm not going to even go down that thread but there's certain (laughs) things that are happening in young kids life that are getting promoted to young kids that a secular counselor may actually promote and say they should continue to do versus a Christian counselor may say okay something else is going on Also the spiritual side of it. When we're seeing something going on, we may well we know that it's not flesh and blood, there's spirits. A non believer may not believe in that. They may think that's spooky and weird and crazy. And so then your approach on how you handle spiritual warfare is gonna clash too. You know, so it's a lot of it's a lot of things to think about. But I got a great example. If, If 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 what we said so far haven't um made you think twice about being unequally yoked, then this this uh, next clip is, is is a good example of, of why you m- probably want to stay away from it. Yeah, he said the new battleground for our children speak. Yeah, that's facts. I mean, that's facts. But, yeah, check this out. This is a good example. Now, imagine you being a Christian and ending up with a person who believes this way. Let's check it out.
3: It was like, how can I structure the way that I approach relationships with that in mind? Yeah. Yeah. Also, doing research into
0: polyamory, the main reasons why monogamous relationships or my, why marriage why divorces happen is infidelity. Yeah. yeah. Let's say you haven't always been the kind of person that
3: wanted to have sex all the time,
0: mm-hmm. but your partner is. Right. Are you going to be the person to say, you know, just because I don't have these needs, you can't have them either? Right. Throughout the series, all three women have maintained an open mind with topics about sex, and Mom Jada Pinkett Smith's reaction here was no different. How did you feel when I told you that I was polyamorous?
3: When you were like, "Hey, this is my get down." I was like, I totally get it. Wanting to set up your life in a way that you can have what it is that you want. I think anything goes as long as the intentions
1: are clear. Anything goes as long as the intentions are clear. Like, man. So she, she's polyamorous. I, I'm assuming that means you can be with whoever you want to be with, like a bunch of people or whatever. I don't even know what polyamorous well, it's, is. It's
0: kind of a – it's an agreement, though. There's there's rules to it. And yeah. so you – know, and I know some of our folks in the comments, they probably are more educated on this subject than we are, so please chime in if yeah. you, like, have a, a, a specific – relationship is okay. You, right, if you have a specific definition. But from what I understand <laughs> – Um, And we actually were watching the show where there was a a polyamorous relationship where as long as everybody agrees, you know, you could be with, you know, multiple people um, at the same time, but they have to agree upon upon what that looks like. How many people, you know, you know, what are the rules? Oh, you can't bring them to our house, you know, no staying overnight, but you can still yes. have you know intercourse with them you can still date them you can fall in love but it's just, so they have like rules yes you So know? then,
1: if you got two different beliefs how do you even come to the agreement on those rules yeah
0: well if, that's, you, if, you, if you in a polyamorous relationship that's a whole that's belief just, system itself yeah <laughs>
3: yeah you, yeah. you uh, generally uh, a relationship like that is about dealing with your feelings your emotions and your thoughts, and so that's your belief system. Mm. What is good for
1: you? Right. Yeah, so what's funny to me, we literally watch Will Smith entire, everything he built get crushed, mainly because of the, the, the uh, marriage agreements he had with his wife, you know, um, and then, you know, the whole thing with Chris Rock or whatever, right? But we but we are uh, seen like how that just ruined this man. And then their daughter is telling the mom that she's with it. And the mom is like, anything goes long as the longest, the stuff is clear. But uh, imagine you being a Christian, you know, married to somebody who believes this way, this is going to tear y'all family up. It, 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 I mean, it really is. So y- YW says sounds like madness and heartbreak.
0: Yeah, I was, I was pulling up the definition and it's exactly what, you know, what I said, there's probably deeper, more details to it, but basically it says it's characterized by or involved in the practice of engaging in multiple romantic and typically sexual relationships with the consent of all the people involved.
1: Yeah. So I'm in the middle of working on this, um, this sermon on, um, pursuing the word we're about to get to go at church about to go into a series called pursuing i can't the pursuit of something but each sermon is gonna be like the pursuit of something and i have the pursuit of the word and um and so it's gonna be talking about you know uh the importance of being in the word reading your word um not taking my word for it, but taking god's word for it, and um the world will tell you you know hey monogamous relationships don't work and Right. Naturally, we we're not meant to. We're not. You know, we're not meant to be with one person naturally and all this kind of stuff. And I heard somebody say something along the lines of, uh, "Cause the animals, they don't even do it. Animals, they'll mate with whoever, right? But so the animals will also eat their poop and lick and lick their private <laughs> areas too. Are you gonna are you gonna do that naturally right. as well? And so, uh anyhow, but this this is where it gets down to. Do you are you gonna believe? What the world say or are you gonna believe what what the word of god say because when god tell you, you know when god tell you to keep sex in the covenant of a marriage between one man and one woman that's to protect you you know you know but when you go outside of that you open yourself up for SEDs. you open yourself up for relationship issues you open yourself up for jealousy issues you, you i mean you just open yourself up for all all kind of stuff and it may seem like it may seem like being with multiple people may be better than one person, but every most examples in the Bible, when people, uh, had multiple wives, <laughs> one of the, one of the wives got the short end of the stick, right? Somebody end up not getting, getting uh, equality in it. So to me, I don't think it's as glorious as it sounds. And it's a matter of, do you believe what the world say, or you believe what God say?
3: I think, I think the, the piece that I, I, I hear when you're saying, there we go though, is, um, You know, you could say, well, the animals go to whoever they want to. But when when the Lord looked upon Adam and he said that there wasn't anybody there for Adam, he decided to make not women, a woman. (laughs) And and so that's a singular term, um, not multiple term. And so in that particular uh, sense, I I look at it that way. And you're absolutely right that in the examples when uh, that there were more than one partner with the person i.e uh sarah and hagar i.e rachel and leah uh th- there was always uh dissension and it was hard work to please them both on, and now. so um <laughs> i think in that situation that again if we're talking along the lines of to be married to someone who's unequally Europe to take on more than one partner is opening up a door for a lot of other things as well. So uh, yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. I think, um, uh, Kenji KU took the words right out of my mouth. That when you live according to the flesh, you're going to set your mind on the things of the flesh. And so these relationships are saying, you know what, I'm just going to go with what my flesh wants. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to resist the temptation because that's too hard, you know? Um, and, and, and in 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 you know, a person who is an unbeliever. Yeah. They don't even see the point in resisting that temptation. Right. You know, you just, if it feels good, if it feels right, do it. If loving you is wrong, baby, I don't want to be right. You know what? (laughs) That kind of stuff. And so you, you have a lot of people, you know, from that perspective. And this is why when you, when you're yoked together with an unbeliever, you run a lot of risk because they're going to have a morality that's based upon convenience, you know, comfort, you know, what's comfortable for me, what I'm okay with, you know, I don't want anybody imposing their belief system on me. And so when God says that this is what's good for you, Mm -hmm. it's hard for you to understand that I talked about repentance a while back. And in order for us to agree with God, We've got to repent. We've got to change the way that we think and accept God's will. And if you're trying to, you know, have your way, you're not going to want to deal with God's way.
3: Well, and I think I think uh, you said loving you is wrong. I don't want to be right. I think the other piece of that is pillow talk is is very powerful. You got to acknowledge that. I mean, look mm. at look at the case of. Adam and Eve pillow talk is powerful and can lead you to sin. So if they don't believe what you believe
0: mm.
3: that pillow talk can lead you to be disobedient to what, you know, God has said to you, right? Yes, yeah,
1: Samson.
0: Yeah. Here uh, you go. Here you uh, go. <laughs> uh,
1: what was the uh, Solomon he, Solomon
0: uh, was led astray by all his wives.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is definitely, um, a recipe for disaster, like we said, um, to 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 do that. Um, but let's let me ask you this: uh, since the uh, the other part of the question, what would you say to somebody who say um, dating outside your race is a sin? Do you do you believe that's a
0: sin or? Well, I don't. I don't think you can. From an Old Testament perspective, right? The Israelites were given that. Uh, kind of a mandate because of what God was trying to do with them as a people. And I think it's, it's because their religious beliefs and their ethnic culture were the same. Yeah. So to date outside <laughs> of Israel meant to date unbelievers. Yeah. and so at that time it was almost like that those two things were synonymous mm-hmm. whereas once you get out of the Old Testament they're no longer synonymous because right. the gospel has gone to the whole world right. and so what, you can meet somebody who's not an Israelite who's not you know uh, but they still have the same belief and so I think mm-hmm. that's why the the belief like you brought up in the beginning with the, with the verses in second Corinthians uh, 6, that's the, the, the piece right there.
3: Right. I, I, I plainly say no, that it's not a sin. And here's why the, the term ra- race, I, I believe, doesn't really begin to enter until the transatlantic uh, slave trade, per se, history. It wasn't focused on race. It was focused on um, where you were from, your culture. Right. And so uh, race wasn't the issue. It was belief. Right. right. It was how you worshiped. It was what segment of the country you're from in, in that particular regard. And so uh, interracial is is no, not a sin in that way. But you have to be prepared that in the same way the Bible saying that um, you can encounter um, different influences by being with a non-believer. There are other things that you encounter in in an interracial relationship that way on your relationship. Um, And so you just have to be aware of that in the same way as you are, as if you are engaging with a, a non-believer.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, it's all about your, you know, if you belong to Christ, if you belong to God, then you be with people who belong to God. If not, now, you put yourself in a position where you can go straight and have to make a decision between the God you serve and the person that you with. And also, too, um, I'll pull it up real quick. Galatians 3.26, it makes it pretty clear that uh, in Christ, you know, um, there's neither Jew nor uh, Gentile or, nor slave or free, male or female. So it emphasizes that, um, that there's no distinctions, right, between uh, no distinction or um superiority if you if you will between your race your ethnicity your social status and or your gender right and that um that under the, under the gospel we have an equal standing in in the eyes of God and so to me and I, I like the fact that you brought that up uh that race wasn't even thought of the way it was until you know that the slave trade came about is because um at the end of the day, like you said, when, Ad, when Adam was alone and all the animals had mates, God made a human being for him. I mean, he could have easily let him mate with, with one of those if, if, that's what, if that's what his intent was, right? But he made a human being. Not only that, God himself split up the languages. God himself made us unique and different, you know. Um, and at the end of the day, is uh, the gospel is given to all of us, right? And so that's ultimately what matters is if we're following Him. And um, I believe, you know, well, I know in heaven there's going to be all different races, nationalities, all types of all says. types of yeah. people. And the only thing that matters is that you know we serve we serve God. And so I don't think it's a sin. I think people use that to um, to uh, justify their racism um but at the end of the day it's a matter about who you serve like I said is is race more is race more than flesh uh I thought that's a question so at first I thought I was going to say it was, it's not about the race it's, it's more about the flesh however I believe KU has a question so is race more than flesh and I would say
3: well I think a- racism comes out of fleshly concepts in that in in, in that yeah. sense uh The whole ideal that one is better than the other, or, or like you said, if Rico, the the scripture one is uh, elevated over the other or treated with better um, favoritism than the other. I think that comes from a very selfish, uh, mean, fleshly, yeah, non Christian uh, concept in the first place. And so. Um, I would say is it more than I think it's been I think it's 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 an issue I will say it's an issue for um, many different people because of of what has taken place right but I think at the same time you you have to recognize that um, we are a a kingdom when I think of the picture of a kingdom even um, the kingdom of God right there are many different, like you said, Rico, ethnicities and cultures in the kingdom, um, and we are all equal in that. And so, if you believe doctrinally what I believe, right, then we already have something in common, which is the foundation of the relationship that we are going to build. And yeah. so, in that way, that we we already have a goal to work toward. Now. We'll have to overcome those particular um, things that, because different races do experience um, different lifestyles, because of how you're brought up in the different environments.
0: Well, yeah. You know, to, uh, go ahead, to, to specifically, you know, focus on kind of what what uh, Kenji Ku he's asking is race more than flesh. I think the question is thinking about flesh. Um, differently than what the Bible talks about flesh. Flesh in the Bible is the immaterial part of man that is untouched by God. Race is more about the outer, you know, culture, you know, color. But flesh, when the Bible is talking about carnality, carnal-minded, fleshly-minded, it's talking about an immaterial part of you that is untouched by God, uninfluenced by the Spirit of God. And so, flesh, even though we're saying flesh, we're not talking about skin flesh, right, and yeah. bone, right? Because we wrestle not against flesh and bone, right? Flesh and blood. We're, mm-hmm. What we're talking about when we say flesh is we're talking about the soul of man that is unregenerated and focuses on um, its own wants and desires apart from the word of God and the spirit of God. So is race more than flesh? I think they're told they're different things. Yeah. You know, they're different things. Yeah. One is outward or external, the other is uh, internal and it's really more of a spiritual soulish type of thing.
1: And I tell you too, um, we brought up a good point where you said your race can be affected by your culture and where you're from and, and that kind of stuff. And so when you talk about flesh, you know, we're thinking about the um, our sinful nature. So what comes back yeah. to yeah. us because yeah. of the fall of sin, right? Because of we're yeah. in a fallen world. And so one thing that I think we as all Christians need to get clear, right, is that once... Even though I may have race, I may have, I may come from a certain race, I may come from a certain culture. It may be some things that my family always did and what we believe in. Like I'm from Atlanta, and when I moved to California, it's completely different, a completely different culture in California and Atlanta. But none of that matters because the thing, as a Christian, that gets us in line, or on the same page is is Jesus and and and, and what He says and His doctrine. And so. When you come into Christianity, like, well, I am a Black Christian, I am a Mexican Christian, I am a when you when you put your race over your faith, I think you're already in error, um, which is what one of the reasons why when I didn't believe in Christ, other religions didn't make sense to me because if only the Black man is going to heaven or only this person is going to heaven, you know, there's no way for all these people that God made to get to heaven. That 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 just didn't even seem that didn't even make any sense to me. And Christianity is the one religion where it doesn't matter your race, your gender, where you're from, uh, what your culture, what your mom did, what your dad did. You can have your own personal relationship with Christ, and you can be saved. And so when you, uh, we gotta we gotta not come in with the mentality of uh, putting our race or our culture over. Uh, what God say, because at the end of the day, if there's an Asian Christian and then there's a black atheist, this Asian Christian is my brother or my sister. And that black atheist in the eyes of God is, an, is, 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 is serving the enemy. Right. And, so, and so at the end of the day, you know, the race, the race needs to, um, the race is who you, it's a part of you. But at the same time, we get our true identity in Christ. And so we're who God
0: said we are. Well, I go back. I think about the scripture you put up and I was going to ask you to put up Colossians. Um, If you can grab that for me, Colossians um, 3, 10 and 11. It's very similar to the one that you put up, but there's one nuance that I I think I want to highlight and it's about putting on the new man, you know, and, you know, because you have the old man, which is the flesh, right? And the, the, new, the new man is made new by the spirit in Christ. And so uh, if you could put that up for me. Yeah. And so, yeah, put on your new nature uh, and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or Come Gentile, on. circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric or uncivilized slave or free christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us right Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. that trumps race when we talk about flesh flesh is the old nature right that's what you were talking about the the sinful nature Mm -hmm. the new nature is in christ and then that's a that's beyond so that's more than race our relationship with christ is more than our race. It makes us a whole new people, you know, together in Him. So, yeah.
1: No, that's good. That's good. uh It was definitely the soul of man that created the construct of race to dominate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I sinful yeah.
0: nature. Uh, I would, I would, yeah. Sinful nature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and, and, and Colossians 3. Uh, 10 was a great example of how we got to take, which goes back to when somebody, when we get into this debate was I was born this way, or, I was always this way. Oh, or, man. Like, at the end oh, of the man. day, I don't even debate that because at the end I of the day, even. Colossians 3.10 say, we got to we we gotta uh, change. We got to go yeah. Christ's way. So it don't yeah. matter if you was born that way. If you started two years ago, when you come to Christ, none of that matters. You need to follow right. what
0: Christ says. I don't even know. Like you, I don't even argue that. I'm like, okay, yeah, we were all born (laughs) in sin, right? And so we all got to repent and we all got to change. So,
1: (laughs) yeah. Do you think Christ is a race?
0: No, no. Mm -hmm. I think that's reducing. It's almost reductive, you know, um, to say race because he supersedes it, right? He goes beyond whatever your race is. And you become a, a, a new creation in Him, something that's totally different than something that is that, that is defined by simply race.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't know if I fully understand exactly what Ku is asking there. I mean,
0: yeah, Christ cause, cause obviously, they don't really fit, right? Yeah. They don't those don't really fit together. Yeah,
1: I mean, he he Jesus Christ obviously was an Israelite. You know, so right. he he was that, but he's also God. You know, so and here's what's interesting. Um, I I was I mean I, I guess I didn't really put it together, but when I was studying and just looking at different, um, you know, I, I was looking to see if there was different um inter interracial marriages in in the Bible, and uh, one of the things I found interesting. So like for example, with Moses, he married the Cushite woman. Um, um, and then he married. Uh, minionite as well and so there's some debates on whether that's the same person or not and, and all this. i'm not gonna go down that path but one of the things when i looked at like where the minionites are from and where the kushites from and, and the whole nine one of the art one of the things i came across was uh abraham had different sons right and as his different sons went out and spread across wherever they went you know uh it brought up these different tribes and you know you got the minyanites and then you got the people the tribe of judah and you got you know the israelites and the whole nine but if you really if you really think about it if, if you really think about it um if we trace all of our lineage back regardless of what race we are eventually we're going to get back to a point of either noah are back to a point of Adam and Eve, and so again, like Father Abraham, when when they when the, when his sons went out and split up, and we got all these different races and tribes and all that. At the end of the day, they were still part of the same lineage, right? They still all came from the same person, and so uh, a matter of fact, I think even scientists are now saying they're finding in our DNA or our bone structures that we might have all came from one person, right? From uh, we we all came from. In my opinion, Eve, uh, Adam and Eve. Um, but but the point the point that I'm making is even though I may be black and this person may be white or whatever, even in Jesus, uh, when you look at his genealogy, you know it goes across so many different cultures, races, uh, and then it, it all it, it points it go it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. So to I me, think,
3: I think I think you're right um rico there's, there's a lot of different things i think um it says the who is moses's wife right uh Jeffrow's daughter uh meaning just in the sense of a darker complexion a different um a different um ethnic group mm-hmm. um and so in that in that regards but you also have to look at uh even hagar being an Egyptian, which gives her nationality, um, and had uh, I not Isaac, but had Ishmael. Ishmael.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: so Abraham, in that sense, right, has mm. had another w- woman. There, there's a piece of that polygamy where you sleep with somebody else, <laughs> but then also, mm-hmm. like even David, what when he married Bathsheba? Uh, Bathsheba was originally married to uh, what was what was her husband? the one that David had killed, uh, Uriah, Uriah the Hittite. So it was a nation that was different. Um, And the reason it was stated that way is because those different nationalities worshiped differently or served a different God or practiced a different um, type of worship or idolatry or whatever the case may be. And so that was what the distinguishing... I mean, if we want to get real, even in the line of David, uh, Ruth was a Moabite, right? Rahab was from somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, but the the big thing is that um, because when you look in Matthew, <laughs> Jesus pulls all that in, and so not only does Paul talk about Colossians, it doesn't matter, but the lineage for Jesus, it doesn't matter.
0: So you know, at listening to you guys talk, actually, you know, processing. And kind of like you said, looking, kind of flipping through scripture and thinking that if I was to say accurately, you know, the reason why do you think Christ is a race throws me off is because Christ himself is not a race. But the Bible does say that we are a chosen generation and that word generation. Uh, uh, I think it's genome actually means a group of people. And so we're a chosen group of people, but that group of people is a people pulled from all races, right? And ethnicities to become this new people. Mm-hmm. And it uses people, like you said race is something that we
3: right.
0: we we kind of label, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of throw out there But a people are individuals that have something in common and that they are banded together, you know, by something that makes them one. Mm -hmm. And Christ is the thing that makes us one, as we Mm -hmm. saw in Colossians. But it says clearly it doesn't matter the ethnicity or the, you know, background. Right that christ is in because all is takes of us precedent. this is what takes precedent this is what and so precedent. i don't think he was meaning to make a new race like you said race is something that we focus on he was talking about a group of people a people group that was now brand new in christ and so i i, I, I struggle with it because the word race just the way we use it today mm-hmm. and yeah so i'm trying I'm trying to work through my, my bias a little bit, you know, yeah. just, just thinking out loud. So I, I think it's an interesting, you know, uh question. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, she said, I ne- I never thought Jesus was a race, but she, I, and she right. said, I think so too. I just hear this racial talk and I thought it was the flesh talking.
0: And yes, so, and, so,
1: and yeah. I would say it is the flesh talking when people yeah. speak race, this race, that, you know, uh, It's a very fleshly, natural thing. Matter of fact, um, I I just did a sermon at a food pantry a couple weeks ago, and I was kind of talking about this a little bit, talking about how, um, um, man, I just lost my train of thought. What what did I say at the uh, uh, food? Oh, uh, the theory of evolution. I talked about how Hitler kind of took that and justified what he was doing. Because right. the, the theory of the evolution was, goes on the survival of fittest, meaning right. if, you, if my race is stronger than yours and, you, and we can take you out, then you don't deserve to survive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I'm kind of simp- I'm downplaying a lot, but that's essentially what he's thought about. And it, his belief system was heavy from Darwinism, the theory of evolution. Because as we evolve and as we get stronger, the weaker dies off and the stronger stays on. And so that is a very fleshly way of of, of seeing things. Right. That's not a submissive way like Christ taught. It's not a giving and a loving way like Christ taught. You know, um, it's not seeing each other. It's not loving your neighbor, even if your neighbor the whole the whole uh, Samaritan thing, t- right? S- spoke on this. The good Samaritan story spoke on this because it was some racial tension between the Israelites and the Samaritan, Samaritans. You know, and so uh, it definitely. But real quick, Anthony. Um, would you mind praying for the Lord? Let's, let's take a quick pause, real quick. Right now. She did. Okay. She did a. She did a prayer. She asked a prayer request. Um, her husband passed away. Um, Lord. Um, sorry. Sorry to hear about that. We're gonna take a quick pause break and and, and do a prayer for you. And we ask everybody in the comments to be praying for her as well because I know that gotta be, that gotta be tough.
0: Yes, uh, Father, we just uh, we lift up Laura right now. Uh, we just ask God that you would comfort, strengthen, God. I pray. Um, that you would surround her uh, with people that will support and love. Um, I pray against uh, division and negative talk and uh, the kind of bickering and fighting that comes around uh, when, when people pass. And I just pray for peace in her life. Uh, I pray for her to come uh, to some type of resolution um, because sometimes we struggle with why and, and what's going on and God, what is the plan? And, I just pray that she would know that you are the God of all comfort and that you desire to comfort her in this time of need, that you uh, want to mend her broken heart, that you want to bandage up her wounds, that you care uh, so intimately and so deeply for her. And so, Lord, I pray that you would just show up in this situation, that she would sense that. Uh, that you're with her. For you said in your word that blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And so Lord, I pray for that comfort of the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, who is the one that comes alongside us, and Lord begins to minister to us. I pray that you send the ministry of the Holy Spirit to her right now in the name of Jesus, and that you would bring her to a place of peace. And Lord, as she remembers her husband, that she would remember Uh, his life and what he meant to her and that she would grieve and grieve properly uh, not improperly i pray that if she has to cry that no one tell her hold back her tears but they allow her to weep and that they would weep with her for your word says to weep with those who weep and so lord i pray that you would send people to her that are willing to sometimes even sit in silence with her and let her process and so god I, i just thank you Uh, for the prayer request, and I I just pray that you would show up in her life and show her that you are truly um, God over all and God in all situations, and that means that you care for her, and she can cast every care on you because you care for her, and God, I just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. appreciate that, Anthony. Yeah, Lord, we are... Sorry to hear about your loss, and definitely we keep you um, in our prayers as well. But I want to just go ahead and do that right then. A lot of times when people ask for prayer, because I gotta do it right then, because my memory is bad. But that's a good point too. Um, if you all put your prayer requests in 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 the comments, then um I'll take note of it, and so that way I can make sure to be praying, mm-hmm. um, praying for you all in my um when I'm praying in my personal time as well. Okay, all right. So started. Hopefully that didn't get us too off track, but um but no that but th- th- that's a, a a lot of good points um again in christ uh, you and ty kind of both kind of brought that together in christ there's no jew no greek no gentile whatever but also in Christ's lineage there's multiple races and cultures and right. that as well and so that is uh that that, that is that is interesting um that God, that God allowed that to happen. But at the end of the day, if you think about it, it, it it was inevitable for it to happen that way because of how people spread out and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so no. Um, in short, I do not believe that it's a sin for you to uh, to date or marry outside of your race. Um, how, however, provided that you both are children of God, you know, right.
3: I think though then that goes back to the piece of the doctrine again too like even even something that a lot of couples will not consider is places of worship how you worship or where you worship comes into play um, sometimes uh, a lot of times um, we know that uh, and, and I'm just using this term white churches will have a different form of worship than a black church will yeah. And so one of the things that happens with interracial couples is different style of worship. If, if, if the person who may be black tends to go to worship with their spouse who is white, um, it can interfere with their growth or, or, or they're, they're not understanding mm-hmm. it enough or be an obstacle because it's a different style of worship or vice versa, Right. right? Um, it, can, it I mean there are all sorts of things can come into play even Rico I think about um, what you were just putting up there uh, generally our church uses the new King James and to use a different translation simply switching a different church and going with a different translation can 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 um, cause an issue if your doctrine is not the same there are a lot of different pieces that when there is not agreement or understanding with, um in the view that you guys are i think that piece being unequally yoked or unwilling to come to an agreement on it cause a problem in in a marriage
1: yeah no it does i a lot of times when i um a lot of times when i uh, pull up the scripture that i'm going to use i'll say hey feel free to read it in whatever version yeah <laughs> right that, that, right that, that, you know and, and to me I think that gives more validity to what to our translation and, and and the rewriting of the scriptures and that kind of stuff because um if I'm reading it in one version and you're reading it in your version we should come out with the same context it should we mm-hmm. should get the same message right um but no for some people that's a big issue there's some King James only people who like you're not even serving God if you're reading outside. Right, right, right. There are some people who take it that serious. But getting back on the whole um, church, uh, like the black church worship one way, the white church, I think the church, we need to consider that, right? So if we're saying we're open to everybody to come in, this is God house. And um, I think, man, Anthony talked about even doing a show on that eventually we want to yeah. do a show on talking about that if i am the pastor there i need to make sure that i am not um maybe even indirectly making other cultures feel like they're not welcome here so because like i think when me and anthony talked about doing a show about this i was like man can you imagine what worship will be like in jamaica like mm-hmm. the kind of music that they're gonna play in jamaica <laughs> right. You know, compared to what we play here in America, I'm sure it's completely different. But if, right. but if I played that in the American church, they may think, "Oh, this is this is a worldly." And look at the drum pattern. And I and to me, right. now you're now you're showing your ignorance to somebody's culture and what they believe. And you're saying that my way and my culture way is the only proper way. And if that's the case, then why would God make us different?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like. So if I like a beat pattern or drum pattern because that's what I'm used to, and I do that beat pattern to praise God, then who's to say that that's wrong? If you use a piano or organ, right? You know, uh, Kay, you said I've been to a Jamaican church. Uh, I I heard this Jamaican uh, song that was worshiping God on um, social media not too long ago. I wish I would have said it. it. I'm not gonna lie, it was jamming. I'm not. It, it, it was jamming, but
0: but. Um, I mean, we we worship with Hispanics, Africans. I remember we were in a service where the whole service was in French. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> how
1: y'all how, how did y'all how did y'all get anything
3: Hawaiian Hawaiian off? <laughs> yes, oh
0: my goodness! Hawaiians yes. be worshiping, bro, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but
1: see, that's what I'm saying. And so we get so used to what we're from and what we yeah, like. That's the one thing that I do like about the military. It has allowed me to see so many different cultures. I was actually telling my wife, me and my wife was in the car talking. I was like, I don't know, man. Like a lot of the policies and stuff that are happening in America, I'm for the first time considering living somewhere other than America. Ooh, man. <laughs> like like seriously, um, Like, uh, normally, because I've been to Iraq a couple times, I'm like, I don't want to live overseas because I want to, when I come back from somewhere like that, I want to come back to America. But now, man, I'm starting to feel like I'm not welcome in my own country as a Christian. Mm -hmm. Like, like you can, like so many other, in in the pursuit of giving other people protection and rights, they're, in my opinion, stripping it from Christians. And so, to me, I'm like, if we're going to be a melting pot country, then you need to have those same protections for Christians. But I know we don't deal against flesh. It's a spiritual thing. But at the same time, there are countries who are turning towards the Lord and who love the Lord. And it would be nice to be somewhere where it feels like it's okay to love the Lord, (laughs) you know, you know, especially if you got kids growing up and you're trying to protect them from certain things,
0: man. So anyhow,
1: yeah, so, but yeah, no, I think that's something we kind of got to remember, especially if you're leaders in your church. Like, if we do have, even if it's that one white guy, right, we, you got to cater to them. And I know for me and my wife, because we're, uh, uh, my wife is, for those who don't know, my wife is Mexican and white. So she's, she's mixed within herself. She got two different races within her. And then you throw in me, black guy from Atlanta, Georgia, and she's from Arizona. So even where we're from, right. our styles are just completely different within itself. But uh so we typically try to go to a church that it has a bunch of different nationalities. Uh like we, we 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 won't go to a church where if I walk in the door, it's all white people and the, the music's stopping everybody looking at me. Or, <laughs> or you know, or, or, or vice versa. So we typically will choose a church that is mixed like that on purpose. Now, sometimes the worship service are a crapshoot. <laughs> you know, uh, but at the same time, if that's the case, then you know, maybe God's calling you there to be their portion to change it up, to to give that variety. But in heaven, I can only imagine what worship gonna be like in heaven. I can only right. imagine. It's got it's gonna have to be different. Like you know how the the movies and stuff will paint church like oh it's just born somebody playing a harp and it's, I, man, it's <laughs> probably gonna be some of the most creative wonderful worship that we can even imagine so oh man so I mean and that's the beauty of diversity right if you have diversity you, you get different things so I don't think it's a sin but um anything else on the question do y'all got any other viewpoints before we uh not because not going to wrap up. I do I got a couple videos I want to react to. So this is our show.
3: I just say be be what you said in the beginning is you want to be aware and you want to be cautious when you're choosing a mate because the key point in marriage for a Christian is you're choosing your mate for life, hopefully. And um in that you know there's a lot of things that you can be aware of or deal with but is a different belief one of the things that you you want to deal with because there is the potential for so much so much to 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 be disagreeable and uh, grievous to you Um, and so you just want to be be very very um, aware about that you know Rico and i and i joke because we throw this to couples all the time when we sit with them and it could be one is attending a church somewhere another a church somewhere it could be they just came out of high school and you're saying what your... it could be a, a, a multitude of different things and and you ask that particular question even in um something as simple as okay maybe you both came from a black church together you know a different black churches but you're used to one church has um lunch afterwards and the other church uh just immediately goes home or whatever the case that potentially shapes how you view a worship style or um how the interaction for a potential relationship and experience with the lord is and so you just wanna the big point is to have those conversations before marriage right um and also to all um to be willing to discuss it but to be aware of the potential issues that could arise
1: yeah because they are gonna arise and and, and christian and christian relationships are not immune to issues as well but i'd rather go right. through it with god and his blessing than go through it um as a consequence to my disobedience to him you know so uh yeah All right, so before we uh, wrap up, there's a couple of videos I want to react to. As you can see in the name, it's called Christian Reactions on Social Saints. So we do like to react to certain stuff that we see uh, on social media from a Christian perspective. And so the first video that I want to react to, um, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. And some of y'all may have have already seen this. But when we watch this, I want to know... One, let me just say this. I'll, I'll come out and say, I have not watched this entire sermon. So I don't know the full context. And so the point of me even showing this clip is to ask you all who are watching, and Anthony and his bride, um, is there any context where this is even appropriate? Like, if you heard the rest of the scripture, I mean the sermon, and it said blank, to blank, 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 whatever that blank is, would this... Would this be okay with you? To me, I can't think of any context where what he said was appropriate. All right, so, so yeah, let me uh, pull that up as soon as I find it, and then I want to get y'all thoughts on it. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Uh, I got to start it over. Hold on. From heaven,
0: and it was spread to them. We don't make it rain on booty cheeks. We don't make it rain on strippers. We only reverence one stripper. And that's the one that took off glory. To put on humanity. And then get butt naked on a cross. To die for both you and me. The only stripper I'm in love with is Jesus. And he's
2: the one that puts that bread in my pocket. That bread. Wait a minute. Who are you?
1: What? Yeah, so, um, Mm. I get what he was trying to say or how he tried to kind of make it work. But (laughs) to be like, he got butt naked. No, he was stripped down. It's a difference between what happened with Jesus and a stripper for one. But then, two to tie it back to the, and then, because, um, you know, he turned the bread, you know, he he fed the thousands with bread. But then to say he the one who put that bread in my pocket just really took it over the top for me because that church in particular already get criticized of being a prosperity gospel church. And he made a song about how what Christ did for us now puts bread in our pocket. It it wasn't a good look. What What's your thoughts on it? I'm... <laughs> I'm stunned. stunned. I'm
3: stunned. Um. So, immediately, I think of one of the things he says the only stripper that I'm in love with is the one that took his clothes or whatever. That was a song back in the day, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'm in love with a stripper. Yeah, that that's, was a yeah. actual, that's what he's
0: referring to. Yeah. Uh, yeah
1: he's referring to uh, the T Pain song. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. That So, to actually pull that up and It almost sounds like to make that a norm, to glorify that, is a particular issue. But then I think, I don't, like you said, I don't know the whole context of the scripture, but it sounded like even when he started it, he was talking about, we don't put that bread on no booty cheeks. So he's still (laughs) talking about money.
1: Yeah, the whole time. uh, the,
3: the, The usage of it. So, um... We don't make it rain on booty cheeks or something. We don't make it rain anyway. That's not a, a reference that we we use. So I, I just think he says things to keep himself in the news, in in the media. And I think he is successful at that with this particular um, clip.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know... I, I want to. I definitely want to hear from the comments. I hope Frankie's still on here. I don't know if he's on here. I would love to hear Frankie' his thoughts on it. But I, from a pastor' point of view, that is that is awful, egregious. Yeah. You know, misusing misuse usage of scripture. I mean, you're basically twisting everything um to make your point with it Mm -hmm. you're ignoring the whole point of it you're just totally taking it and doing what you want with the text because you think you're allowed to do that because you're trying to make scripture relevant Mm -hmm. and i think that's what we run into in these modern seeker friendly Mm -hmm. seeker sensitive i don't know what you call them anymore but these prosperity churches is that the Bible itself is not good enough. I've got Mm -hmm. to add something to it. I've got to add flavor to it. I've got to put a little sugar on it so that you'll, you'll like it more. And that's real preaching because you're able to take something and make it, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, appetizing. And so the scripture itself, the actual meaning, the actual context, the actual content is not enough you know for this crowd you've got to push it all the way to the edge in order to get a reaction from them because if you just said what it meant nobody would nobody would react they would because they've been trained you know to respond to this what
3: scripture is he, he he that leads him down this path to have this discussion Yeah. What scripture are you coming from that leads you down this path? It it sounds like he's just jumping around. sounds like he's talking about feeding the 5,000,
0: right? Yeah. And then he's talking about Jesus on the cross. On the cross, yeah. And it's like, he's just talking. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what the sermon is, like you said.
3: How do you compare the cross to a strip of hope? Oh,
0: man.
1: Yeah, and I I wish I could find Ruslan's reaction to this, because Ruslan... (laughs) Ruslan had some, he gave some reason why we as Christians shouldn't flip out too bad over this and (laughs) and, whatever. And I can't remember. I wish I could remember what he said, but for the life of me, I can't think of a reason why, you know, I'm preparing a sermon and I would get up there and say that and do that. Like, I, I just, I wouldn't. Now. I don't, I don't even know if I would do that if I was just talking to a whole bunch of just straight, like say I'm in my neighborhood whatever and I'm just wrapping up with some people and they was listening to the T-Pain song. You know, maybe then I may be like, look, I ain't in love with no stripper like that. But even then I probably wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. It, it just don't even feel, like even no, the fact that no. I even just almost went there, it felt Nothing. wrong. Like the Holy Spirit was <laughs> no. like, no, nah, I don't need to take it there. Like, oh. I, like I can't even. And um, you said people, <laughs> people should have maximum respect when mentioning Jesus. I yeah. get where you're trying to relate to certain people, but and even Jesus did use parables and examples and stories. But what he did was basically take some stuff that's popular in culture, make his own song to it, and then even um miss uh he 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 delivered it in the in the improper context right jesus did not die on the cross to put bread in your pocket
0: right
1: you know what i'm saying there's so many people that jesus love and take care of that are homeless and are poor and then he commands us who have money to take care of them and do well and so when you when you yeah it, it just seemed like it was just it was inappropriate and then I think this particular because this is my Todd church. And so a part of me, like when I first, and here's the one thing I will, the credit I will give them to people who ain't thinking about God or who think church is born or the Bible is born. That's their right. niche. I was that person. And because of the way they deliver and do, I did come to, uh, it did spark my curiosity and want to know about Christ. I'll, I'll say it that way. However, after Christ started transforming me, I started realizing that this ain't it. You know, and the more and more I see, I'm starting to wonder if anybody should even be listening to to the stuff that they're that they're preaching over there. He says, we don't act like the world to share Christ. It is the Holy Spirit really leading you when people say stuff like this. My Lord. Oh it's the Holy Spirit. Really leading you when people say stuff like this i wonder if you saying is it really the holy yes, spirit
0: I think you're saying is is it, is it the really spirit?
1: the holy spirit yeah yeah and, and 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 that's the thing too i think and i heard somebody said this way it's like look it's our job to share the gospel it's the holy spirit that's going to bring them and lead them. and so you got to get out of your mind that i'm the one who's winning these people i'm the one right so if you get out of your mind like i gotta make sure somebody get converted today then you right. don't have to go into all this. It's like, hey, I'm just coming. I'm I'm giving what the Holy Spirit telling me to say. Those who receive it will receive it. Praise God. Those who don't, right. you got to dust it off and keep it moving.
0: You know, my, my first, uh, one of my first sermons uh, when I was coming through uh, ordination process, I spoke at the luncheon and the message was, uh, we're preachers, not peddlers of the gospel. And I use those two in and in, um, juxtapose to each other because the preacher understands that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. The preacher believes that if I just speak the words of God, it's enough, but the peddler will haggle on the price. The peddler will sweeten up the deal. The peddler is trying to make a sale. And so when you're trying to make a sale, you'll say some things that may or may not be true to convince somebody to buy the product. But the preacher, the preacher says, this is what it is. And to those that are uh, those that are being saved, this is the fragrance of life. Those that are perishing, this is the fragrance of death. And man, this is a heavy burden, but I have to just give the gospel and let the gospel its job by the power of the holy spirit and i'm not going to haggle on the price i'm not going to make it a sweeter deal so that you'll come to christ because i think that's what people have done they've tried to sweeten the deal like okay if you come to jesus he gonna put that bread in your pocket bread and it sounds great you know because that's what i want that's what my flesh wants that's what i've always wanted and so if you you know, uh dangle in front of me things that I already wanted in the world and say if I give my life to Christ, I can have the things that I wanted in the world, then yeah, you might go ten for ten <laughs> with salvation. I'm like, all right, who wants to get saved now? If he if he's gonna put the bread in my pocket, I'm getting saved today.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Because I wanted to be um, transparent. So when I first started bless the Morning the whole reason why I did bless it was because I was one of those people who, when I read the word, I got sleepy. When I read the King James Version, I'm like, I don't know what the word is, thing is talking about. Um, mm-hmm. And so I had to look at it in different translations. And so my whole objective was to take actual biblical passages and then explain it uh or, or, and give a real world example so it was a that's why I call it blessings so blessings and testimonies so i will have people who share their testimony on how god blessed them um on um and how that related to a particular scripture in the um in the bible so we will actually read the scripture and then in context give a testimony on how this acted out in our life and i think that's different from a peddler because like you said, the peddler is sweetening the deal. The peddler is taking it out of context. He's just trying to win you over. Uh And so, on one hand, I'm like, I I can get behind them wanting to deliver the word in a way where people who normally won't listen to the word would get it, right? It's, and, and, and what I mean by that is like, In Atlanta, we talk a certain way versus how we talk in California. So when I'm in Atlanta, like Paul said, I am all things to all people, right? But he didn't pervert the gospel to be those things. And so it's a difference in, like, hey, let me give it to you in a way that you can understand it versus let me change it up so that way I can um, entice you to want to come. And I think that's where they're missing the boat at, especially with the whole bread-in-my-pocket thing. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, that was... Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. But all right, so that was the uh that was the first video. Um what's the next one? Oh, okay. So this is a, the next video is this um is an atheist uh res, uh response to the Virgin Birth uh to 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 Mary being a virgin. And um, so I want to look at this. I want to get y'all thoughts on how y'all respond to this. So there's a Christian and an atheist debating each other. Christian says something. The atheist cuts back. And um, this is a short. So the person who put this out, I'm assuming was an atheist, and they tried to show how the atheist made more sense than the Christian, right? And so since they did that, I want to finish the story on the back end of that. uh, uh, I want to give our response back to the atheist. So let's check it out. The virginal conception of Christ, if I may just say a word
0: about that. When Joseph discovered that Mary was pregnant, he didn't suddenly believe in a miracle. He wanted to divorce. her. Why? Because he knew exactly as we do where babies come from. He wasn't stupid, nor was he pre-scientific. And it took a lot of convincing for him to accept what I believe to be the true solution, that this was a unique miracle of God encoding himself into humanity.
2: Okay. So...
0: If your wife is pregnant and you know it's not you, the only alternative is that it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> David Hume deals with this quite well. He says, in the case of the laws of nature being suspended, you have to ask yourself, have they been suspended in my favor, or um, am I possibly under a misapprehension? I think it's Thomas Paine who asks, um, which is more likely, that the laws of nature are suspended or that a Jewish girl should tell a fib?
2: We have to grow up out of this stuff, you know. The virgin.
1: Yeah, so... So basically, what he's saying is, is if your wife ends up pregnant, is it more likely that a, a Jewish girl told a fib, or that the Holy Spirit got her pregnant? And so I got I I haven't made my whole list of thoughts here, but uh, I I want I, I want to hear your thoughts, Ty. How you go first, and Anthony, then I'll go, and then you all in the comments as well. Um, but, uh, if you if you don't want to go first, we can. I just figured I extend that, but. <laughs> well, how would you what would you respond to him it, it, he like what we got to grow respond? up out of this
3: so, so as a christian responding the first thing i respond is that we are no longer waiting for the the miraculous birth of jesus christ and so there is not the expectation that uh the lord is going to create a, a virgin birth again and so um that was the one time done time deal and so If your wife is pregnant and it's not yours then it is some other man's it's not the Mm -hmm. holy spirit um so understanding that because you can't just take the one concept and just fixate on that and not believe the entire bible um and so that would be my my argument in regards to that particular piece of it um but also breaking it down from a historical picture is that understanding that the, the Israelites the, or at that time they were the, the Jews believed that the Messiah was still yet to come and they they knew what was to take place. They were waiting for it. And so um, um, Joseph didn't wrestle that this is another man. He, you know, the Lord came, the, the angel came and told him and he accepted it. So you have to to um, accept that belief. And so I think that's where I just would, would stay with it. Um, not trying to bring the present day into the situation because that was at that time. Now we're waiting for the return. So you need to more focus on when it says that he's going to come and everybody's going to see what that looks like, as opposed to the miraculous birth.
0: Mm. Yeah. 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 I, I would, I, I agree. I kind of, that was the direction I was going to go in is that, you know, He's actually poking fun at something Damn. bigger than just um, this statement. Is that Christians are known to do that with the Bible? That they'll read something in the Bible and then apply it to themselves. Well, because Jesus fed five thousand people with uh, two fish and loaves of bread,
1: you put that bread. That
0: means. Right. He he put that he puts that bread in my pocket. Right. And so just listening to that and listening to the way that this atheist interpreted it, it's like, wow, that's the way that atheists think that we think about the Bible, that if this happened in the Bible, then we get it, too, because it happened in the Bible. Um, You know, uh, apart from, you know, the whole fact that like like Ty said, come on, man. You know, he's not telling you that if your wife comes up pregnant and you know, it's not you. That is the Holy spirit. He's talking about this event that happened one time in human history for a very specific purpose. And the Bible talks about it in the sense that in the fullness of time, that this came to pass, that this was specifically the work of God, him working in human history for a specific purpose. This is not, every time. This is not for everybody. This is not even something that is to be thought to be repeated. That this yeah. is supposed to be once. And now when you think about it that way, there's a lot of one time events mm-hmm. that have happened in human history that are have not been repeated, mm-hmm. you know? And because there's these one time events, we don't say, well, because that one time event happened that if it's not happening now, then we need to grow up because that one time event must not have been real because it doesn't keep happening. You know? So I, I I just think it's him being facetious, he's being, you know, uh 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 derogatory in his statements, he's he's making playing fun, whereas I, I felt like the, the Christian, his argument was sound. Right. And it was serious. It wasn't playful and jokey, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't. And I think this atheist took one of the most uh, key pieces of evidence we have for Jesus right. being who he say he is, and try to make fun of it, make and then you know, and he did it in those in those debate kind of things. You can say one thing, get off of it real quick, and move on. But uh, which is why I want to do this. So if we come across somebody who's who uh. You know, making fun of Christians or saying that and, and, you know, doing similar stuff to what he's doing that we can think biblically about it and we can kind of not let that shake our faith. Right. But so I, think, I definitely think he's making fun. But I kind of looked at it a, a slightly a little different where I think he was making fun of the uh, the whole uh, Mary and Joseph story. I, You know, I think I think I think he took us today and then used us today to make fun of of that in particular, meaning like, oh, so you're saying if somebody get pregnant, then um, it's it's more likely the Holy Spirit, and then he he goes back to we got to grow out of this kind of thing, right? We got to grow up from these fairy tales, if you will. And so I think what he's trying to say is that story is just unbelievably fake in a fairy tale, and we can see that from evidence of today, right? And here's how I, I would say, you know what, sir? I would agree with you if... One, there wasn't prophecies before Jesus was born that foretold that there will be a Messiah that's going to be born of a virgin. That's in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter seven, for those who want to reference that. Then you got Joseph's uh, personal testimony, like Taya said. So uh, this man, and I would agree, probably even his friends, probably even him himself, which is what the uh, other pastor was actually saying was like man she cheated on me and right. this is messed up but then something happened to make him not want to divorce her or get rid of her and that's his that was his personal testimony now one could argue and say you know what he just loved her he's a sucker for love he made up this story just cuz he don't want to lose her or whatever and he don't want to be embarrassed but then you got to look at it and say okay even if he did that everybody around him will be like dude you're ridiculous. You're crazy. Right. Until, right, so let's just say even for argument's sake, they didn't believe him when he said it was an angel. Now you got all these miracles in the teachings of Jesus. You got Jesus as a child, the same person that she claimed was from the Holy Spirit, now this same person is claiming to be from God. Um, he got followers who also believe that he's from God, and even him as a child, he could teach the scriptures better than these uh the Pharisees, um, the, the, the teachers at at that time, they were marveled at how well he was. So now this same person that she claims that, uh, the, the Holy spirit impregnated her. This person has a huge following till this day. So it's that, that's a big difference than some random girl saying the Holy spirit got me pregnant. And then that same baby come back and say that, that, uh, that he is, uh, came from God. Then he got followers who, even after his death, did it. And then there's historical uh, uh, proof that he existed, that he resurrected, and that e- even atheists or even people who don't believe he's the Messiah believe that his followers thought that he resurrected and the Messiah. And so, um, so yeah. So yeah, if none of that other stuff happened, then I may be like, yeah, she tripping. She got she just got pregnant by somebody else. But you got prophecies, you got people following her, you got this same person supposedly resurrected. We're literally still talking about this person today. What are the chances of this Jewish girl saying she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and then that person is still even a topic today? You know. So yeah, it may seem far fetched, but you you in reality, you're just showing even more proof of why we should believe it. Well, if you also
3: add, Rico, um, not I think if you, you isolate the miraculous birth to itself, you can try to attack it the way that he is attacking it. But like you said, you had uh, a scripture prophecy for them that was foretelling what was going to happen. But it wasn't just about the miraculous birth. Also, um, at the same time, that mary conceives jesus elizabeth is conceiving john who is supposed to be uh to come before jesus to say this right and this is a woman that couldn't conceive a child herself right and so you have to look at that as actually a miracle in itself as well you you have to also look at the the fact that um at the time of, of, of the birth in its in itself th- that you had uh, what we would deem as astrologers looking at the star to say this lines up, right? To say this is who it is. And so there were other things uh, outside of the miracle conception of him that established this is what God had said in the first place. And so if you wanted to argue with that guy, you could bring all of those things in in. End to point and say, no, these other pieces come along with it. And this is not just about Jews believing it. There's other people who are coming to right. worship him that, that see it as well, um, that actually state that this is going to happen. I believe it was also uh, foretold that at the time he was born, there was going to be deaths again, just like in the, de- the day of Moses. That happened because of what this was. Right. So there's other things that weren't just actually connected uh, about the miraculous conception that go along with this is the time that the messiah is born and this is the way he is to be conceived and born
0: yeah yeah i i agree with you guys if you take into account jesus life you know so we we don't stop with his birth just continue to look at his life and look at the echo of his life throughout human history literally jesus changed the whole world yeah and so that's seemed like that would pale in comparison you say well could he have been born of a virgin of course if this man could change the course of human history that he becomes one of if not the most important person but in in all of human history yeah jesus is up there with the most talked about the most important people that ever lived from a a supporter, right. From supporters to haters, (laughs) both sides, his legacy lives on a carpenter of a, a, a carpenter's son from a little place in the middle of nowhere from a little girl that you, you say she's lying.
1: Yeah, but and what's the <laughs> chances of that though? What's the chance of this person One in a
0: million doing all <laughs> of trillion. that, and that happened
1: to be the same person this girl said she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit? right? right? It, it, it's it's crazy. So anyhow, um, again, I think it gets back to uh, God saying, mm-hmm. "And hey, at the end of the day, when we get judged, you're gonna know. You you you're not gonna be able to." You're not going to be able to say, man, you know, but God, I didn't know. No, you have plenty of chances to know. Um, all right, so this is the final thing, guys. We're going to wrap it up today. This is actually this was um, let me see if I got it. Um, I wasn't going to even show this, but when I read the new article, I was like, man, let me put this in real quick. I cannot believe what is going on. So let me uh pull it up real quick. All right, so in China, people are using... Uh, what is it? Uh, they are using A.I. to create these chat programs known as grief bots, which uh, imitate the personalities and memories of deceased loved ones, giving people a chance to speak with them once again. Through the use of old photos and recordings and messages, people are training these A.I. programs to recreate deceased loved ones. And apparently this technology has been around for a while. But however, it's getting more enhanced now that uh, AI is getting better, right? Um, They had, was one uh, Chinese, um, I'll I'll scroll up a little bit so I can kind of read through it. But they had to throw out one Chinese uh, software engineer. He created a a program to recreate his uh, deceased grandfather using old letters and photos and videos. And then... um, they said that the bot had like certain limitations right now, like it took like ten minutes for it to uh, respond. But uh, it's but as they but um, as it when it did respond, they said it was kind of like very freakishly close to this guy grand grandfather, and they're looking at the uh, ethical implications of this or whatever. And so I got my thoughts on it, but I want to hear y'all thoughts on this. Um, talking to uh, recreating your your dead loved ones. What do y'all What do y'all think about that?
3: Well, I think it caused me to have more questions because when they're saying the recreate, are they like the the? Is it like just a voice, or is it like um, supposed to be a, Im- like, a image itself? Or that I guess that's that's I have I'm like wondering what it, what it what in that regard.
0: It seems like they're trying to recreate the personality through the letters and the information, and then through the photos, you know, you kind of create, you know, facial, because if it's an AI.
3: The grief bot, so is it actual bot? Or I guess that's what I'm looking at. Because it's not the person themselves.
2: Right. Right.
3: Right. So I don't look at it as as a knock on somebody trying to say, well, this is similar to Christ. Christ, no, I, I don't look at it that way. But I think it, if you take it to wrong, the wrong way, right, it can pose a threat because there are a lot of other belief systems that deal with ancestors, right, and things like that. So uh, a person begin to start asking questions for direction on their life. Look,
0: it created a face.
3: Or uh, things such as that can lead you into a form of divination or, or, or witchcraft of that sort mm-hmm. um, but in itself just maybe allowing the opportunity for you to say words that you didn't get to say to a, a lost maybe they got lost rapidly and you didn't get to finish the closure it could be a piece of therapy but so there's it depends on the usage which goes back to the intent and motive of the man's or woman's heart that does use that
1: yeah, so I think it's a dangerous piece of therapy if we do, right? Uh, yeah. Because one, one, there's AI technology out here right now where I can mimic Samuel L. Jackson. Like I can literally type some stuff up. It can have a photo, a video of Samuel L. Jackson saying stuff, sound just like him, right? But it's not him. So one, it can be used to deceive. Um, mm-hmm. Two, um, when... Uh, You know, from the parable of uh, the uh, rich man and Lazarus, uh, we know that, you know, we cannot speak to our loved ones. And so, like you said, it's it's dangerously flirting with the lines of uh, witchcraft, um, speaking to the dead, which God kind of told us not to. Uh, The Stormbroker Woman says it seemed like they're trying to conjure up the dead to me. You have to be careful because the enemy will try to show up through that. This is a no-no. And that's kind of where I... That's kind of where... where I'm at too. So this AI stuff is so freakishly good. And we know that we deal with spirits. These spirits now could influence or utilize this AI to start doing something. Like when I saw this, I thought about like, man, I wonder exactly how the antichrist is going to trick us when the beast die or when the, uh, when the dragon or whichever one, the dragon or the beast die, and they resurrect them, and the whole world see it. Um, and they start worshiping him. I'm wondering if it's going to be some type of super advanced technology that's, that's in place there. Also, too, what if the beast or whatever uh, is, is actually a well-advanced type of robot? Because I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with ChatGPT, but ChatGPT is this new AI thing that dropped where you can just type in whatever you want. and It'll spit stuff out in a second. ChatGPT is ridiculously smart. Now, you take ChatGPT... And then you think, uh, what's her name? Rosie on the Jetsons? The little robot maid on the Jetsons? Now you take a super knowledgeable AI system and you put it in this robot and then you give it silicone human-type skin, which they already do with these sex toys or these sex dolls. They got sex dolls that look like a actual person. So you take an actual-looking person, robot thing with the intelligence of this AI and imagine the kind of havoc that Satan can you know play w- with this right and so to me when your loved one goes on um and if you haven't you know whatever you need to say to them or say about them or whatever you feel like you need to close i think you should be praying and talking to god you know um and and, do, and, and getting that closure with god and not with these with this fake whatever yeah is.
0: I, I think it's a clever trick of the enemy to get people to engage in necromancy. And necromancy is, you know, conferring with the dead. You yeah. know, it's just like when, you know, uh, in the Old Testament, where they banned mediums and spiritists from reaching out to the dead and helping you to, to, to speak with your dead. I mean, it's the same thing. Helping yeah. you to speak with your dead loved ones through the spiritual means, like you said, okay this AI, you know, is basically taking the place or even disguised, you know, uh, as an AI, but it's the same thing. Yeah. You're accessing spirits, you're you're drawing upon spirits and you're speaking, you know, to spirits where the Bible says that we're not to engage in necromancy. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's 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 almost I thought it was like a horror movie. That's what it sounded like to me. I was like, this is going to be one of the next horror movies that they put up is yeah. <laughs> people it's going to come back and it's going to start killing people. <laughs> you know, That's scary.
3: Well, and I think you, you have to look at it from the point of view is you recreating the, what you want. Ugh, You're feeding scary. to this AI what you want. And so right. that's how you really know that it's still dealing with man's. uh, selfish or it's motivation
0: and it's trying to find a way to live forever apart from God yes so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this person another life through technology yes and man's been trying to do that the whole time from the Tower of Babel Babel you're trying to reach a place Mm -hmm. apart from God you know and Mm -hmm. it's just yeah it's all bad
1: Yeah, no, it it is and what's what's crazy right now you're feeding the AI to say whatever, right? But right. as the AI gets smarter, like they're it's getting going to a work point work where on. they wanna have like the AI inside right. of us. You know, like yeah. we can put some chip or whatever
0: in it's us always and been AI
3: it's a fan it's a it's fixation and fantasy
0: it's always fantasy been from like you men. said the days of the terminator, the terminator that whole thing right yeah you um the away. Wrote a total recall yes, you know that. that you can go to this fantasy world and live the you jetsons. know you said it, you Rico. said it the jetsons. the jetsons i mean uh yes. this has always been the fantasy of man because it's another way to try to live forever apart from god
1: yeah And you know what, another thing I thought about as you were talking, Anthony, how it's like, okay, back in the day, you go to these basically witches or whatever, uh, you know, psychics (laughs) to to do it. But now you do this. Well, one thing that Satan don't want, Satan don't want us to believe there's a spiritual realm. Right. So now you do it this way. Yeah. You hide it with this way. And and now the human mind can justify, oh, it's just AI,
0: you know, or, or whatever. And they can charge you for it. Yeah. Yeah. because that's the way of the world right yeah so i'll create this thing and people will pay millions yeah
1: well but i think the, <laughs> the, the
3: other piece of it is and i and i'm just thinking about from my from the piece of if i hear the voice of a dead left oh how creepy and <laughs> um, intimidating oh, no. that is oh no so it can also cause another element to mental illness because you constantly running around hearing voices
0: and it's playing on people's grief and playing on their guilt you know over whatever because the only people that would really do this right is the people who like you said feel overwhelming guilt Mm -hmm. overwhelming grief they're not able to grieve healthy Mm -hmm. so like well i'm gonna bring them back and you're not bringing them back you know and what you're what you're dealing with could trap you right there. Because I know people that don't have AI and they still hear their loved ones talking to them. They yeah. still see their loved ones moving stuff in the room and yeah. they can't get over it. And I asked so you add me this. In, yeah, you add this in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're just inviting people to be totally taken away mm-hmm. into yeah. this stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, I remember I'm reminded of this, uh, testimony, not even testimony. It was just this interview that this, uh, I I wish I could find it. If I ever find it again on YouTube, I'm going to save it. I'm going to keep me a copy of it. But it was this rich guy, um, real wealthy guy who sold his soul to the devil. And, um, now this was an old, old video. So this is a while ago, but, um, I remember it like it was yesterday because of what the, some of the things the guy was saying in there. But anyway, the guy who was interviewing him, he asked him, he said, Hey, well, if you sold your soul to the devil, then you must know there's a God. So like, why would, why would somebody, why would somebody sell their soul to the devil when you know that there's a God? And this is what he asked the guy. This was the guy's response. He was like, my friend got me into it. He said, and the way he got me into it, he first came to me. He said, Hey, I know your mom died. I know a way that you could talk to your mom. I know a way that you could talk to your dad mom. And the guy was, you know, trying to play on his grief. And the guy was like, "No, nah, I'm not. No, nah, I don't want to do that or whatever, whatever." And then he was like, "What? You scared? You a punk?" And when he challenged his man, he was like, "Okay, cool. I'll do it." So they took him to this. He took him to this secret. I don't know, Illuminati type club place. He took him to this place, and then it was you know, a group of people, it was secretive. And he said he knew, he said when he got there, it was the kind of place that once he knew about it, he knew that there was no turning away from it. And then the night that he went there, the host or whoever was running the place was like, um, I got a treat for y'all today. Normally, this demon or spirit or whatever that they was dealing with would only like talk to them, right? He said tonight it's going to reveal himself or whatever. And so I guess, you know, whatever happened, this, this. Then he goes to the story about how this demon talks about how, how Antichrist or how 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 Satan is gonna fool the world, and but and what he said was, what he said the demon told him was uh, there's gonna be a fake war. Basically, it's gonna be like a, 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 a enemy from out of this world, where the world's gonna have to unite and fight the enemy. And then that, and then the Antichrist or whoever, the dragon or whatever, is gonna defeat this enemy, and then people are gonna follow him. Well, anyway, I said I share that story to say the way he they got him even into all of this was a uh, plan on his grief, and wanting and wanted him to be uh, be able to talk to his mom again. Yeah. And the Bible tells us that we can't do it. I want to share the scripture real quick before we before we go. Um, and so, um, and this is Tommy, Laura, if you're still on, I promise you this wasn't planned. Right. But I think this may be something you need to read and meditate on, you know, in light of your husband passing as well. Um, I, I completely forgot that we, um, talked about that. Um, I probably would have been a little bit more cautious before I started talking about this. had I remember that? But, um, if you are still on, if you are still on, um, this is a, uh, this is for you. All right. So it says, uh, this is First uh, Thessalonians chapter four, verse thirteen. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. So this is interesting. This is talking. This is telling us that we don't have to grieve like people who don't have hope. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remaining on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. And I think it couldn't have been a better place for us to end this conversation tonight is to encourage each other with these words. Matter of fact, let's warn each other with these words. The worst thing that on this side of eternity I could think about is being in heaven without my loved ones. Being in heaven without the ones who who, who mean the most most to me. Um, not only that, if we know what's to come with hell, anybody who don't know Christ, we should be eager to share the gospel with them to get them to know Christ. And this is the beauty that we as Christians have we know that that death this the, the first death is just it's a temporary thing we're gonna spend eternity with Christ we're going to spend eternity with God forever so that so we don't have to grieve like the people who don't know Christ have to grieve um, and so so th- those are my thoughts we don't got to talk to these AIs we don't got to speak to them you know we can talk to we can talk to God um I think uh, my mom said um, She said, if I didn't tell them why they were alive, I don't need to tell them. I would just tell the father. And so, and we can talk to them and tell them when we in heaven together. So, and if they don't know God, this should be your motivation to make sure they do know him before, before they pass. Um, Y'all got any thoughts on on that scripture before we wrap up?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. And so consulting an A.I. is saying that I don't believe, you know, um, in what the Bible says that they're present with the Lord. If they're present with the Lord. Why am I trying to bring them back here? You know, uh, why would I do that? And so, like you said, we're to comfort one another with these words, knowing that we don't have to grieve as those that have no hope, because we do know where our loved ones are, especially If we know for sure uh, that they made a commitment to Christ uh, or we were a part of helping them in their walk with God. And so I think that's ultimately it. Like you said, to play on people's regret, their grief, their 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 shame, their guilt, you know, from what they didn't do or didn't say or, you know, is sinister. You know, it's definitely devilish. And so to to even look at that, it's like wow. So not not only are you playing, and so look at that, you're playing on humans' weakness, right? You got the AIs that do the chat rooms and the sex stuff, and like you said, sex toys, sex robots. Now you're gonna oh, we can focus on grief because look at the world, look at how many people have lost people, right? And so now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna use that against them to enslave them in another way. Mm. That's how, you know, it's satanic. That's how, you know, it's the devil because the goal is to enslave you and bring you into bondage to something um, and, and not allow you to trust what God's word said. And so, yeah, I definitely would be careful of this kind of stuff. Um, and um, that's why I pray for comfort, you know, to all those that have lost I just recently lost my brother uh, and, you know, a host of other people have lost, uh, from you know the time of the pandemic till now, and it wasn't just covid people were dying for all kinds of reasons, all kinds of ways. you know I've never seen so many funerals in my life, and so in this season, it seems like the the enemy wants to take advantage of that because so many people have lost loved ones suddenly. but if we know the Lord, then we have comfort in him and we have comfort knowing where our loved ones are
1: amen, that's good, brother. That's good. Well, look, I thank everybody for kicking it with us, especially knowing that we're competing with American Idol. (laughs) I didn't realize that. But uh, thank y'all for watching. Um, Encourage y'all to subscribe to the channel if you're not. Um, If you haven't, I know the live chat is going click out of the live chat, hit the like button, because that helps the algorithm share with more people. and then also, too, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe subscribe, so you can get notified. Also, listen, we are just humble servants having discussions, sharing the word of God. You know, you always got to go back to the word. Be like the Bereans and study to make sure what we're saying is accurate as well. Um, other than that, until next time, peace. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.
0: If you enjoyed this video, like, subscribe, and share this content with others. Thanks for watching, God bless.